Welcome to the Think Factory podcast. We got one question for you. What keeps you up at night? Welcome to the Women's Roundtable podcast, powered by the Think Factory, where we learn how women think big and grow their business. My name is Kara Feilkoff, counsel with Outside General Counsel Solutions, and I'm the host of today's episode. I'm happy to have with me today Amy Ziedelman, the CEO of Zoom Foods, launched with her, her sisters, Shelby and Jackie. Zoom and its amazing products have been featured in a number of media outlets such as Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, and Food and Wine. I recently discovered my love of Zoom's snack bites, so I'm excited to have Amy with me today to talk about Zoom's growth and where she sees the brand going. Amy, thank you so much for spending time to talk with me today. I'm excited to hear all about Zoom and how you got this brand going. Thank you so much for having me. Um, can you give me a little background on the history of Zoom and how uh, you got this business started? Sure. So I, the company came about as an idea back in 2011. I'm the youngest of three sisters. My, the joke is that my oldest sister, Shelby, has a business degree. My middle sister, Jackie, married a tahini expert. And I just needed a job. Uh, and so I was graduating from University of Delaware when my oldest sister, Shelby, was spending the year in Israel, where our middle sister, Jackie, had lived since she graduated high school in like 2008. And Jackie was dating her now husband, Omri, an Israeli who had been in the tahini industry at that point for nearly a decade. So as we got to know Omri and got to know the amazing tahina or tahini, as we call it here in the States, available in Israel, uh, the health benefits and all the ways that it can be used, we realized that tahini as a product was really missing in the American market. So we had a brave idea to try to make tahini a more popular ingredient here in the American market. I will say I love the chocolate. Um, I use it on crackers and ice cream and everything. So I'm glad this kind of brought about. It brings a joy to me and my husband to have it. So thank you. Thank you. We're big fans of our chocolate tahini as well. Yeah, so some additional background on what we sell. We mostly sell tahini, which for those of you that are not familiar, is ground sesame seeds. I like to describe it as thicker than olive oil and thinner than peanut butter. It can be used for both in savory and sweet recipes. With that, with that nod to the peanut, seed, nut, butter aspect of it, we've created a chocolate spread that's really delicious. It has less than half the amount of sugar as Nutella. It has only three ingredients, no palm oil. We're really proud of it. And it's quite a guiltless indulgence, I like to say. And our newest product are these snack bites. They're made with dates, tahini, and oats. And they come in a variety of flavors like double chocolate, cherry chocolate, and maple coconut. Yes, I recently ordered some so I can say like, they are really good. So I'm glad for that kind of new uh, endeavor. So speaking of kind of endeavors, is this your first entrepreneurial endeavor? And have you always had this entrepreneurial spirit or what drove you to kind of say, yeah, this is what we want to do? This is, I mean, well, I started Zoom right out of college. So it's my first and only entrepreneurial endeavor so far. Uh, our parents are both entrepreneurs. So entrepreneurship runs in our blood. Actually, interestingly, food entrepreneurship runs in our blood, like our great Grandfather had a small uh, food store in Baltimore when he moved from Russia. Our grandfather was a restaurateur. He owned a very iconic Washington, D.C. restaurant institution called Bassins in the Washington, D.C. area. 
our father went into more traditional finance and our mother was in marketing. But yeah, I guess entrepreneurship runs in our blood. And based upon that, how can you describe your leadership style um, and what's it like, especially working with siblings? I'm an only child. So I'm like, to me, it's so foreign to say like, oh, yeah, me and my sisters, we all kind of work together and got this amazing company. But like, can you describe what it's like kind of having that and how you all kind of figured out leadership skills? Yeah, I mean, what's unique about me and my sisters is as much as we look alike, like people can even think we're triplets. We're really different. We have similarities, of course, but our interests and skills really vary. I mean, the joke about Shelby having a business degree is true, right? She is the business brain here. I guess I've kind of acquired it over the past decade or so of being in business. Jackie married to Omri, but she's also like the heart, right? So she really keeps us um, in check on sustainability. She manage our, manages our supply chain and ensures that the shareholders in our supply chain are treated fairly. For instance, you know, she really is like the heart of the three of us and the heart of the business. And then I uh, studied communication in college and I focused on interpersonal communication. So I'm really passionate and interested in how people communicate, have conversations, argue, negotiate. I mean, the psycho uh, behavioral aspects to people's everyday and also consumer behaviors are really interesting to me. So I would say that my leadership style falls very um closely with my passions of communication more personally. You know, we believe in having a very open um, organization at Zoom Foods. I talk very candidly with everybody from our warehouse department to my chief growth officer. And I think that by creating that mutual respect and keeping the organization, well, relatively flat, considering we're a small team working to really grow this new or less developed category, uh, allows us to find the people that are also really passionate about what we're doing. So we're all kind of rowing in the same direction. I was going to say, what kind of is that target when you're looking for business partners, whether it's kind of uh, su- suppliers or kind of distributors? What do you really look for when you create those relationships? Because if you're talking about how communication is such a key focus for you and kind of ensuring that I would say the ethics and morals behind your company are important. Kind of how do you kind of manage those business relationships from the other end? We've created a set of values and it's not like the original values when we started the company that was like community and philanthropy Mm -hmm. and transparency. I mean, you could say them more flippantly, but after 10 years or really eight years of the company, we sat down through a structure called EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. It's based off of a book called Traction by Gina Wickman, and a lot of groups practice it. Zoom is on the smaller end of a group that practices it, but in it, you establish company values. So some of them are quality, you know, doing uh, the right thing in the right amount of time and your best effort, however really you define it. We apply that both to our product and also our people. Um, it includes being proactive. You know, you get shit done and you do what needs to be done. And so the same values that we realize is what helps differentiate Zoom and set Zoom apart as an organization are what we look for in those stakeholders and in our supply chain. And we also hope it's part of what consumers find that they connect to with us as a brand and as a company. So I would say that having those North Star values helps keep um, contractors, people aligned and, you know, um, committed to the same success. 
I was going to say, when you said traction, I lit up because our firm also uses traction. And yeah, and it's so great because it's so true. Like, I know a law firm seems kind of like, oh, like, why do values matter? But it's true. You want to, you're providing a service. Our law firm's providing, it's a very different and less tasty service than what you have. (laughs) But it's true. Like, you have to have guiding principles, like making sure your client's business kind of needs are met. It's one of the big ones for ours. But, yeah, when I, I lit up when you said traction. I was like, yeah, that's, I get it. If you know, you know. You know yes, like, it's very then, much so. Yeah. So I noticed that Sue was recently a pie partner for Manus Pie in the Sky. And then you're also doing a, kind of a collab with Seed and Mill. So can you talk about the importance of community and kind of outreach also as Sue Foods? Yeah, you know, one of the things that became apparent early on in our company is that we were selling a food product and our food products being on the higher end meant that we were mostly selling to some of the best and fanciest restaurants in the country, some of the best and fanciest grocery stores in the company. And it's really hard to reach that conventional channel to reach what is our ultimate goal, which are the masses. And so it didn't sit right with us that we were creating this business and um, this economy based off of a product that wasn't reaching everybody in the face of all of the you know challenges in today's world. But especially, at least for Zoom, it's always come back to hunger. Um, there is a collaboration right now with Cena Mill that kind of extends beyond hunger because the subsection of the Philanthropy that we've been in aligned with over the years has also been women's causes, you know, as female entrepreneurs. So when approached with philanthropic opportunities, we really have created these blinders to focus on food as sustenance and health and community and all the things that you're alluding to and also supporting women. So having the uh, foundation of the company and a physical product has allowed us to reach a lot more organizations than we could considering our revenue and how big we are as a company. You know, we can't donate thousands of dollars, but we can donate thousands of dollars worth of product. Like that's a lot easier for us to handle. So we've done that over the years through different ways to support the causes that we are passionate about. MANA is a pretty iconic Philadelphia food organization that provides healthy meals to people with high illness in the Philadelphia area. So we're talking about cancer AIDS, diabetes, um, and they do a tremendous Thanksgiving campaign with selling pies to contribute to uh, cooking Thanksgiving meals for their clients and their overall, you know, operating budget. And this year, Zoom donated tahini for one of the special pies that they're selling. It's a tahini, a chocolate tahini pie. It's made with cheesecake filling and this like chocolate cookie crust. It's actually gluten free. Uh, So it's been amazing to align with that organization. And then um, one of our more recent and urgent um, campaigns right now is with Cedar Mill, as you alluded to. We're selling swag, so a tahini sweatshirt. Um, They're selling tahini hats, or we also have a sweatshirt that says Zoom Foods if you're a big brand enthusiast. (laughs) And the profits of that are going to a um, therapy center for women in Israel right now, considering the extreme amount of trauma that they have experienced that recording this at the first week of November since October 7th. And of course, even before then. So, um, we're really excited to be able to use our platform and our products in order to hopefully contribute a little bit to causes that mean a lot to us. 
And that's so important to hear and great to hear kind of all that you're doing. Uh, to shift gears a little bit, do you have a women leader or mentor that inspired you? Um, are there any kind of females that you look to um, when you're like, okay, like what should I be doing here? Or where do I want to see Zoom go in the next 15 to 20 years? Yeah, well, you know, um, my mom is probably my biggest inspiration just as a working mother. You know, she had her own business when we were young. Um, she ran her own business until I was 12 or so, and my older sister was 16. And that's really been like a great um, example for me, this commitment that I'm making, like while my kids are young versus hopefully being very, very available for them when they're older is something that has like helped me get through some of the more personal challenges during this stage of my life. Um, but there are definitely some female entrepreneurs that I follow on LinkedIn and have reached out to, um, whether often or sometimes over the years. Um, one woman is the founder of Vienna Snacks. She sells a chickpea snack. And we first met because she was a reference for us for a co-packer in Vermont who ended up being a shark. Terrible. Like it was the worst co-packer ever. Corvi told us that while she was still a client there saying, this is really hard and just want you to know what you're getting into bed with. As she was leaving that co-packer, we then left that co-packer and we were talking about class action lawsuits together. And over the years, she has had a tremendously successful business. Vienna Snacks is the name of it again. And she's just an amazing woman that I can look up to and reach out to and ask for questions because she's several stages ahead of Zoom, and she's been very generous with advice as we reach critical points that she can offer, you know, um, some really helpful tidbits on. Yeah, it's awesome. I think have that network because you can kind of do things on your own in a vacuum, but then you're like, wait, like I need to kind of know, like that packer is a great, like what are we really getting into here? Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you're stuck working with somebody shitty, excuse my language, but like as long as you know who you're up against, I mean, as a lawyer, you probably know this, like as long as you know who you're dealing with, then you can handle the situation. So uh, it was a stage in the company and I'm glad we went through it and we've learned a lot. And now we have better relationships with our co-packers. I was going to say, speaking of kind of looking back, is there any advice you would give your younger self? Um now kind of looking at where Zoom is now and kind of where it started? No, you know, I'm really proud. We've been particularly patient. Like there have been companies that have grown faster, stronger, quicker, whatever, fill it in than Zoom has. And we haven't. I mean, I would say, um, I'm, I, of course, we've made mistakes. And of course, there are things that I would have done differently. But entrepreneurs, we have to look at mistakes as you know, the leap pad to the next stage. If you look at it as defeat, then you're done and defeated anyway. So people ask that a lot. I mean, if I'm giving advice to others, I would say to be like really mindful of how long it really takes and how much it really costs. You know, it's easy to assume that you could get something done with current resources, but you likely need a lot more time and money than you realize. Um, and yeah, I mean, I love the example that's of Zoom for our Omnichannel sales approach, we sell to restaurants, to retailers online. You know, there are many companies over the years that only sold in one of those channels, and it has been very challenging for them given the circumstances over the past three, four years. So I'm, you know, I'm very pleased, I think, with all the crazy decisions that we've made over the past 10 years. I was going to say, I'm sure having that kind of multi-channeled purchasing has really helped in, in the face of kind of COVID. 
and the kind of what that did to the restaurant industry. Yeah, exactly. I mean, having our product available on Amazon, which has been on since 2016 or 2017, and the restaurant industry was integral in our survival when the restaurants shut down. You know, but in 2020, restaurants were about 65% of our revenue. Before that, it was either been upwards of 80%. You know, oh, wow. as a young company, we were mostly selling to restaurants across the country for our revenue. And having that diversification saved us during COVID because the three months that restaurants couldn't buy, our sales went through the roof on Amazon and in the few stores that we were in. Um, same with direct-to-consumer. A lot of people have built their companies on selling direct-to-consumer because there was a boom of that after COVID, but that has now shifted tremendously. And those people that weren't selling in grocery stores are in a lot of trouble. So, yeah, we really value our omni-channel sales approach. Yeah, it's used as kind of like made sure that you're almost protecting yourself for the unknown because you truly, I don't think any, if I interviewed you in February 2020, you would probably never say, oh, yeah, like I expect restaurants to go down significantly and like direct-to-consumer sales being the kind of leading force. But like, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, through EOS, right, we prepare for these kinds of things. You do the SWOT analyses, you know, you think through all of your issues and when you're um, really connect, of course, an issue should be a laugh, loss, a lack of diversification in revenue, right? If all of your revenue is coming from one source, any business owner hopefully would say, this is a red flag. You know, yeah. what can we do to uh, minimize the damage here? So it's, it's all um, it's all been interesting. So at the Think Factory, we like to ask one question to every guest that comes on. And that question is, what keeps you up at night? Oh, God. Well, right now it's nightmares of hostages and, um, you know, war and stuff because we kind of can't get that away from it. Um, and that's my own, you know, bias yeah. on all of this. Um, other things that have kept me up at night. One time in 2018, we had to do a recall. You know, I think a lot about the enormity of our distribution now the bigger you get the bigger your problems you know and so that can keep me up at night um but mostly what keeps me up at night are my kids coughing because they're petri dishes of you know germs and they just don't stop coughing when the lights go out for some reason so um i have never admittedly had a problem with the anxiety unless it's a really peak and anxious time that kind of keeping me up at night. Like I like to practice yoga and meditation and I read in bed. Um, I read in bed before I go to sleep. I don't have my phone on me, for instance. So no, under normal circumstances, I can't say that I'm being kept up at night because of my business. I was going to say having that time away from your phone is probably the best. I know I fall victim to like the last minute scrolling or the last minute email checks and I know it's terrible and I I can't get away from it. <laughs> I don't know. I leave my phone in the kitchen and I grab a book. Ugh. So this may be a very personal question. What's your favorite Zoom food product right now? Oh, my God. The cherry chocolate tahini bites. They are so good. So these snack bites are made with dates, tahini, and oats as the first three ingredients. And then the cherry chocolate has dried tart cherries, a little bit of um, dark chocolate chips, just sweetened with coconut sugar and some cherry powder, some beetroot powder to give it a really beautiful color. And they are just 
so delicious. I'm eating them really as my. I was gonna say you're very time. quick to answer, which means like it has to be good. That there wasn't even a contemplation. It was like, no, this is it. Yeah, and for years, I mean, quite frankly, for years, I I always say our tahini because it's so versatile. Like it really is a very magical ingredient once you start feeling more comfortable incorporating it into dishes in your home. But no, cherry chocolate chip snack bites, hands down. And is there any growth or any kind of predictions on where you see Zoom going in the next kind of 10, 20, you know, 30 years that you'd like to share or kind of say like, hey, this is where I'm like, you know, saying it into fruition? Yes. Well, this foray into a new category, these snack bites is instrumental for our company. You know, for 10 years, we pretty much only sold tahini, a little bit of chocolate spread, but really only tahini. So product development is a huge goal of ours for the foreseeable future. We hope to have additional lines of product uh, that take Zoom into different aisles or parts of the grocery store. So we really hope to see Zoom as a utilitarian household brand um, that is beyond just tahini itself and many products that incorporate tahini as its sole. So thank you again, Amy, for your time today. Um, is there anything you want to share before we close out this podcast? I guess check out zoomfoods.com for swag, like these amazing tahini sweatshirts, and, of course, purchasing snack bites. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. Thank you so much. Uh, be sure to check out other Women's Roundtable podcasts so you can learn how women think they can grow their business. But thank you again, Amy, for your time. Thank you so much. 